Welcome to Ignite Purpose with Christina Fox. Well, this is season three and boy, have we got a story for you today. I am joined by one of my dear friends. And actually, as I say that, I'm just like, I'm welling up because I met this man 11 years ago in Melbourne. Um, and when I walked into the office, we just had this immediate connection to start talking to each other. There was just a, a flow of a common feeling between us uh, in kindred spirits. Maybe now in reflection, I know what it is. It's the journeys we've both had that it was just wonderful mirror moments when we met each other. So I want to introduce RJ. RJ has got another name, which I'll get him to run through with you because if I do it, I'm probably going to fall on my face. Um, <clears throat> but I want, to, I want to welcome him in. RJ has a story that is going to create hope for you out there. Um, RJ's story created hope for me. He is he's an inspiration. Um, and I want to say this, both him and I have realized that in our growth, we're imperfect and we just keep evolving. Because I don't think we'll ever truly land, land, but he's hungry. So RJ, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Tina, as uh, I love to call you. And, yes, uh, you do. I do remember 11 years ago when we... Uh, asked you co to, to come to the office and you walked in and I just was like blah like I, I just un unloaded on you um, because uh, then especially I didn't have a filter or boundary so when I connected with someone's energy it was just an invitation for me to blah and you held space for me and we became very good friends through that process. And uh, whilst we haven't always been in touch, it's always easy to pick up conversations where we left off, isn't it? It is because I think there is an acceptance of great love between both of us. Yes. And I think there's a recognition that we're both walking the same path, although our paths might be different we're walking the same paths and we connect on a deeper level which transcends business or the flavor of the day or whatever the fuck's going on to be honest with you and i think when you connect with people on that level you don't always have to talk to them every day no. No. yeah because it's a connection of humans i love the definition of connection which i'll just throw in yeah um, you know, I study Dr. Brene Brown's work, but I study Mark Brackett's. I love everybody that does research. I'm a weaver, RJ. Um, but I love the definition of connection. And I'll just give this to you as we lead into our session today. Connection is the energy that exists between people when they are seen, heard, and valued. And when they can see, hear, I add that in, by the way, see, hear, and value somebody else. To give and receive without judgment and to gain sustenance and joy from the relationship. And I think that's, a, that's beautiful. And I think the, the piece that you added is critical because it's not only about us receiving, it's about us giving. Yes, it is. It's yes. not one way. It's got to be multidimensional, right? It, it has to be because if it's not two people, if it's just me, wanting to be seen, heard, and valued, but I can't see here and value you. That's not connection. It's no. an energy 
piece. It has to be between two. So with That's that right. deep thought, this is the human stories we're going to talk about today. And so you've got a lovely American accent, by the way. Uh, and for everybody who, who can... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's changed from being here. It's more fast, but... So, so this is an African living in Australia. You're an Australian who lived in America, who came, uh, actually your story is my, I'm not going to tell Arjo's story. RJ, walk me through your story, the highlights of your story that have defined your life. And these are the moments that just are what they are. And as you just share your story, I'll jump in and we'll dance together. Does that sound okay? Yeah. So, I, I like so where does your story start? So I'd like to preface this before I dive into my story for your guests that my perspective on my story is that it's simply a story. I leverage it to give me strength and to deliver hope to myself and to others. But it's important to acknowledge that my story doesn't own me. It's a tool. And and to your earlier point, you know, you talked about, you know, whether you have a guest that unveils your story and they climb into kind of a shame cave or whatever. I think it's really important for individuals to get to a place where their story no longer defines who they are. And so I can talk about it dispassionately because it no longer is who I am. So the story starts is, you know, I was born in Australia, typical immigrant uh, family, you know, dad went to the US to uh, set up a, a business with his brother. And we were here for a couple of years without him in, in Sydney. And we moved to the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, I lived there until the age of 25. Uh, and from there, I moved back to Australia. The the, the situation in the U.S. was one of an immigrant's tale. You know, dad worked very, very hard. Uh, he had a cleaning company. He sold by day. He cleaned by night. And we never really saw him. And when we did see him, my father didn't know and still really doesn't know how to let you in. There's no connecting with him. He's a very difficult man. And I think part of that was his, his father was, was actually killed, but murdered when my dad was very young. Um, and uh, my dad just saw him leave one day and he never came back. So I think my dad dealt with his trauma the way he dealt with it. But as a result, he never learned how to connect. And I think that really played a major part in my life, in the direction it went and what I sought out. So, you know, dad's at work. He is not really emotionally or physically available. He's doing the best that he can. I've come to learn. Um, yeah, I love that you said that because that was all he knows. Yeah. At, at some point, we have to mature enough and look at our parents as humans first, not as parents. Because I talk to a lot of adults that still are victims. And the thing is with that, you'll, they will never truly be empowered to live the life they want to live until they can break 
free of that family of origin trauma. And, and one of the ways to start to do that is to realize our parents are humans navigating life the best way they knew how. Right? right? Just like we are. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And the decisions they made at times in their life, they made in order to survive, to take care of us, to do the best they could. That's that it. might not be perfect, but that was just how it, it came out. It's just how it landed. You're 100% right. And um, so that situation kind of unfolded and mom was super mom. You know, she, she worked and she did the mom thing. And um, all I like your mom, by the way, she's yeah, one of yeah. the beautiful human beings I've met in my life. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was great. We, we, we got to hang out with uh, your dad, Charles, and your mom. And that was a really fun evening. And um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I can, I can say this, though. As a child, I lacked a sense of connection to the world. And, you know, Johan Hari, who talks about addiction and connection, and I know you're into this, he, he reckons, and I believe that to a large degree, addiction um, is a, a problem of a lack of connection. And I had a lack of connection to others and a lack of connection to myself. And as a result, um, you know, growing up in the Bay Area, it was rough. Schools were rough. Um, I was craving connection. I was, you know, physically um, not as strong and, and, you know, I was athletic, but I was in an environment, you know, kind of African-American community, minority community. And, you know, this Indian kid that, you know, talks a lot, insecure and, and, and kind of always getting into trouble and, and I just I just didn't have a strong sense of self and what that ultimately did was it led me down a path of, of, of trying to connect with the wrong type of people and crowd yes and as a result um, of that that ultimately took me to addiction yeah yeah so I want to I want to just stop you there and breathe, because when you talk about that sense of self, and you use the word um, connection, I almost want to add something on as a thought. Maybe it's belonging, feeling like yes, I know who I am, and I know why I'm here, and I know where I fit. And when I don't feel that, I need to numb it. I need, because the pain is incredible, isn't it? You've nailed it. Um, you've nailed it. And I've only recently unpacked this um, with, with someone because I never, when I moved through my trauma as an adult, one of the, the primary way I moved through it wasn't by really going into my past. It was kind of defining me in that moment in the future. So I never unpacked a lot of this stuff. And what I did realize was that as a child and children need belonging. It is a human, it is a human uh, element that was, to, you know, that was primary to the success of our evolution. And I was craving the sense of belonging, I suppose, and connection. And when I couldn't find that um, uh, through people, places, or things, and I met alcohol first, 
Mm. It was a spiritual experience. Mm. Mm. It was an, it was an absolute spiritual experience mm. because I was liberated. And it takes that place of, cause when you're numb, you, you feel who cares anyway. So, and it, and it takes away that angst feeling, doesn't it? It, it, it does. It does. It gave me, and you know, when people often in, in the recovery community will say, alcohol saved my life mm. at one point because the world had a lot of sharp edges for RJ. Mm. I didn't know emotionally how to cope. And spiritually, I was already somewhat bankrupt as a young person. And um, you know, you call it some nature, nurture, who knows? I mean, I don't think that's the critical piece here. What ultimately happened was from there, I moved on to drugs and from drugs I used on, I moved on to uh, getting involved in all kinds of things to facilitate my lifestyle. And I started to build an identity and a, a sense of power through becoming a person that wasn't living within the you know the right uh, frame in society if that makes sense so um, yeah. yeah that's yeah. kind of how things unfolded for me I remember meeting you and I believe when I met you it was like uh, the evolution process had happened started started yeah yeah uh actually i look at you today and we joked earlier um but there's a there's a real peace and presence around how you show up and it's transformational right but it doesn't just happen no i live a life where my primary purpose is the evolution of self. Okay. I am continually analyzing my thoughts, behaviors, actions, mm -hmm. and realigning daily. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of self-analysis required to transition through your shit, as we know. And not everyone's prepared to embark on that journey. Because to me, that's the only game. All the other shit we do, the business, the da 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 da, that's just fun. Mm -hmm. But this is the primary game for me. And these are the types of people that I like to surround myself with. Everything else is cosmetic. And I'm not saying I'm above it, like it's like, whole, you know, I'm like floating above. What I'm trying to say is it, 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 it's important but it's all, you know, it's kind of of the earth in a way where this is what we do while we're here. But for me, um, and I know that you understand this, it's all about moving into um, probably what I used to think was becoming my best self is actually really just becoming comfortable with being. Oh, nice. It's not a process of accumulation. It's actually a process of reduction, getting rid of versus accumulating. I used to think it was a journey of accumulating more knowledge, more, more ideas, more philosophies, but it's actually not. It's actually 
getting rid of everything that was blocking me. I call it, um, and I said to you, I'm writing my third book, right? It's called The Glass Angel, but it is about the transformation of how uh, we accept the elements of our story versus are shamed by those pieces. And then through the acceptance, we get release. And as we step into release, we get freedom. Uh, it doesn't mean we don't pick that stupid little shame bag up, as I call it every now and again. Especially when someone says something, we're still human, RJ. I don't think, we can't, we can't resign from being a human and suddenly turn into a transcending spirit. Do you know, As much as I'd like to say, man, that would be, you know, I think that's our final step. Um, human beings, here's the, here's, the, here's the gig, right? Like human beings have a process of perception, of perceiving dialogue, perceiving the world. That's the gift we've been given, different to animals in the, in, in the sense of perception and reason. But with that comes subjectivity. And, and, and what I mean by that is we as individuals can see a situation unfold and based on our history, our thought process, our trauma, we pick up that information in very different ways and mm -hmm. subjectivity. That is where, that is the, the, the main challenge, I think, and why we as humans will always, unless we transcend permanently through that stuff, will pick up the shame bag. And because life will unfold and we'll still have trigger points and we'll still see the world we, the way that we see it. I think the, 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 the end game is to learn how to be with it when it comes up, as you said, acceptance and then release. Acceptance and release. If we don't have to do anything with it. I can't justify my past. I can accept it. It is. Um, have I made some crazy decisions? Yes. Uh, I love, I work with, um, Dr. Jill Stoddard quite a bit from, I actually think she's from San Francisco, strangely, I might be wrong. Um, but she's a doctor of psychology yes. and she talks about acceptance commitment therapy and she is on some of our podcasts and she's coming on this season to talk about an crazy, crazy acceptance piece. By the way, I'm not going to drop that yet because she's going to talk us through accepting something in the family that we never thought could be possible, right? Um, but what she, when her work, when I started looking deeper into her work, and I want to thank Robbie Fullerton for that because he was my coach slash therapist and he went, look at that. And I was like, really? Because he knows he doesn't have to work with me that hard. He just prods me a little bit and then gives me learning and then I go and find it because I'm so hungry to be present and peaceful. To, like, to your very point, to stand in my life. To stand next to the thing, other people go, ooh, you know, and to go, well, it is what it is. Um, and I think her stuff really taught me all about acceptance, all about acceptance. And I don't think it's always, you know, I mean, we're human. 
we don't like feeling like we've been judged, right? Because those old demons jump on us every now and again. When you takes you back into your 20, 24 year old self, where you had to fight so hard to prove you were worthy of connection. To, to have power over versus power inside. Yeah. Um, you have transformed your life. So there's been different stages as you've moved through your journey here in Australia. And I remember you um, signing up for your, for your MBA. Uh, and I was like, whew, do this, man. But I think you're mad, but I love you. Go for it. Um, and you were so determined. Um, and so walk me through RJ in the last 12 years. Yeah, so when I um, made the decision to um, put the bottle down, finally, there were two that's, things that That's happened. a big decision, right? Well, that was the decision. That is, uh, that is my kryptonite. Yeah. Without a without external substances, be it alcohol or drugs, uh, there's an energy that's unleashed, mm -hmm. which if I can temper, and I believe we all have access to it, but yeah. for me, because it was, it was, it was enslaved for so long. The moment I took the shackles off, I could feel it. It was like palatable. And Matthew Barbuto felt it, my old boss, who you know very well. So two things came together. And we've yeah. yeah. Uh, sobriety and an opportunity to express myself through commerce. And business mm -hmm. was a means of transformation for me. I think that's why I was successful in it. I, it wasn't about a commission. It wasn't about a sell. It was about me expressing my new self through it was a creative form for me. Yeah. And that's what I look at business as it's, it's an expression. Mm -hmm. And that was a means of building a new identity. Now I see what, what, what it was. It was a way of me moving from who I was to now saying, here's something that I can be successful in. And I found purpose yes, you did. functionally on a functional level, like on a living level, which I think is so important. And, and, and at the same time, I started to unpack what was going on under the bonnet behind the drinking. So I had this really interesting situation going on where I was starting to understand and meet myself, but I was having functional real success and, and it became exponential. And, uh, I had people that gave me a wide berth. They knew I had issues, but they were supporting me and they were loving and I felt safe in the business I was in. And I got to a point where I really knew that for me to get to that next level, what getting, got, what getting sober taught me was that everything worth doing is through the obstacle. Nice. You got to go, you got to go through it, go through it. Go around it or over it. You have to actually go through it. And that is uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and, I, and, 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 and I call it the MBA, my second crucible, because what I realized was there's two things. One, everyone that's getting a seat at the table, they got these, they're educated, they understand how to 
not only be, you know, I had street smarts, but I couldn't talk to CEOs. I couldn't understand where they were coming from. I couldn't be a trusted advisor. And I'm looking around me, I'm seeing who, who are the people that are climbing the ranks? Mm. And, you know, I thought coupled with that, with it will be the greatest challenge ever because I'm not academic. It'll mold me some more. I decided to embark on the MBA in a, in a, in a, in a, in a very difficult program over four years while working. Um, it wasn't accelerated. It wasn't online. It was tough. And um, that process, people asked me, you, do you want to get paid more? What's your goal? And all I could say was, I just, I want to become better, faster, quicker, smarter. That's why I'm doing it. And as a result, more success did come, but that was never the intention. That was never the reason. Again, it comes back to the primary purpose. Yeah. I saw, I saw it as part of the grounding piece that you needed and your mentor um, who worked alongside you before you started your MBA Matt, um, he's just incredibly brilliant around commerciality, isn't he? He's the moment I decided to do an MBA yes. was we were sitting at a table with a client and we were talking nothing about subject matter but he had an ability to, to discuss things that the customer was either worrying about or couldn't see in the main, irrespective of our subject matter. Mm-hmm. And, and the subject matter just became consequential because this guy was like, here's a trusted advisor. I want him at the fucking table. And I saw it for what it was. Mm. and I was like I need that it's I'm like, gonna go get that it's like an unleashing of wisdom that happens you talk about it all the time like in the training we did with you like it's about and you know I'm not into sales tactical selling everyone has their style but ultimately it's about sitting with a customer them knowing when shit hits the fan, you are the guy and you have the team that's going to help them navigate the storm. It's as simple as that. And there's a lot of tactical selling. And I know this is now digressing. And you're, you know this really well because it's part of your expertise. But it's bullshit. You know, sign on the pen, hand them a pen when you're, you know, want them. That shit doesn't work. Shit doesn't work. That shit never works. Actually, what works is they see you and they know you. And, um, actually, you know, and we digress, we'll come back, we'll come back to RJ's story, but we just have to go. Yeah. Because if you know RJ myself, you'll know, remember that, um, that whole piece, I I designed that value continuum around sales and the left-hand side was transactional and the right-hand side was truly consultative, Mm -hmm. but the depth of moving into the partnership space isn't how smart I am. Mm -mm. It's how open I am. Mm. It's how peaceful I am. It's how honest I am. It's how connected I am. That's the shit that moves me into that space. Here's the thing. This is what I've realized. You can have hustle Mm. at a base level. That'll get you so far. 
Well, you need and both. Then you can have, you get the momentum, and then you can have the MBA education business acumen. Yes. But ultimately, where what's going to get you that next level is that passion and and connectivity and all that stuff. Because you you I you know what I'm going to tell you honestly. I did a paper in my MBA about what type of leader I wanted to be. And I ended on a quote that you gave me. Are you kidding? And it, in the paper. And it, no, it was a Maya Angelou quote that said, people don't remember what you say. They remember how you make them feel. Boom, boom. And you can have all the, you can have all the commercial business smarts, but it's always going to come back to the human side. Once you can prove that. You know, yes, yes, and yes. And that's one of the reasons I embarked on human stories. Because what I've found and recognized is, and I, I, was, I was speaking to my husband about this the other day, because I'm doing a lot of work in this space at the moment about humans showing up and de-armoring, you know, being seen. So that they can be wise and be connected together and stop being victims of their own trauma because they bring their bullshit into the space. I've done it. You've done it. We all do it. Come on. There's not one single person who doesn't do it. Okay. We bring our pain and our anger into the space and sometimes we use it to propel us, but it'll only propel us this far. No, and then yeah, we go correct. into the cycle again and then it's painful and then we bounce again and then it's, so we've got to keep doing that versus working on acceptance, standing in our life. Yes, we're going to go through back forward because that's how it kind of works. We, we're never really going to go, you know, we could, but it's, it's a journey, Pete. Yeah. Um, mm. But the more we are who we are, and I, I let you see me, Actually, the magic happens when I partner with you and I see you and you see me. The, 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 there will be struggle, but we'll work through it because that's, that's what partners do. Um, and my challenge is the human stories is about how do we start talking about the mucky stuff that takes us away from connection so that people can see that our stories are part of our journey and it is what it is. Our ability to rise has been a choice and actually it's not just a choice of power because it's not power over, it's actually growth within. And I use this analogy, we can kind of play with it. When I heard gritty for the first time, I was like, gritty, I love gritty, I'm gritty. And then I was like, oh, I went through this whole thought process of okay but there's two ways to be gritty here there is if you think of growth mindset and fixed mindset mm -hmm. the fixed mindset can be pretty gritty right because they can just be gung-ho and push and drive but what happens is it's armored up it's tough it's not about taking people with you it is about you and it's only about you and it's only about your survival and it's only about your existence and it's only about how you can be more and then you are you know, it's a lonely, lonely place if you rise through that grid because I use it as glass. So shatterproof glass. Looks quite strong, right? Can I see through it? Yes. Mm. Is it strong? Yes. 
But the problem is when it smashes onto rocks, what happens? It does shatter, even though it's called shatterproof. It cracks. Okay. Um, and then what happens with those edges? Do they hurt people? Mm. Yeah. So now I'm going to use another analogy. Imagine water. Is water see-through? Yes. What does water do? A turret of water coming down a mountainside. It just molds the rock. It flows around things. It's agile. It flows around things. It's powerful. It's vulnerable. It's unpredictable. And I think as humans, our stories often start with being shatterproof. We think that that is what it is to rise. Let's be shatterproof. Rising is that torrent of water that flows, that molds our character, um, and that allows, allows us to be together. And even when yeah, I hear I, your story, Art, what do you think? I agree with that a hundred and thousand percent. And I, I take it to um, what I've realized over the last year is, I mean, I always knew commerce because it was an expression for me was never uh, at the apex, at the height of my purpose it was a vehicle it is a vehicle but what i've come to realize over the year and i think your analogy fits perfect perfectly we all as humans the most the most trump tr the most successful people sometimes are successful many times i've been told actually are successful on the back of trauma yes trauma can be a driver but it's not graceful and ultimately it's a boomerang It'll come back and hit you in the face as to your shattered glass analogy. And the water piece is the ideal. And I think where my focus will be headed in the future is with particularly men. Nice. Because men suffer in it. We all suffer in, in different ways with different narratives, but the men and the man's plight of today is I'm going to strengthen that glass. I'm going to keep trying to strengthen that glass. The problem with that is when it falls, it shatters even worse. And hence why we're seeing you know, suicide rates. We're seeing mental health crisis. We're seeing all these issues we're seeing with men because they, we're in a society where men do not know. The conversations you and I have in the main would be very, very difficult for most men to have because there's this confrontation of in, in, the, in, in a requirement to be fluid with your masculinity, embracing ideas that might be softer, more on the feminine side. And, and men don't have that in the main. We don't have, and we're not brought up with that style of training. We've got multiple mixed messages and it's very complex. And what I've come to realize over the last year with the conversations that i've been having in the business community people reaching out primarily through linkedin after things like this and the podcast um the conversations i knew it was an issue but i didn't realize to the extent 
what the issue is. And we are talking about su successful people, and I'm doing the quote-unquote thing. Oh, shit, yes. We're talking about the people that have uh, wrestled their way into that space of feeling like they've achieved something, yet there's emptiness. Yeah, and hence why we see, uh, you know, when, when you have billionaires and, um, you know, people like Kate Spade and Rod, Robin Williams, I think we talked about this, when we have people like that ending their life, there's a, a real sign there. And the sign is, is that even with access to anything of the physical realm and world, you still can be bankrupt. You know? I want to talk about that because I've been there myself, not just once. And actually I've been there over the last 10 years. And it's not what people would think. But when you wrestle so badly with what's pushed you forward and it becomes this dark, heavy piece in you, it just eats you. And I suppose for me, my way through was to go, I need bloody help. Um, and then when I started talking about some of this stuff, I was like, sweet God, I don't want to go here. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then there's a work that we've got to do on ourselves, on our thinking, on how we show up, on recognizing who we are. Um, I love this. Jill Stoddard says this, all I want to do is show up the, my best self today. And my best self might not be the best self I was yesterday. The best self I was yesterday could be even better than today. Um, but to your point, we have to address depression. We have to address suicide. We have to address trauma. And we have to give people the tools to be real, to embrace who they are, to put it down to be free. Um, it's not easy. And this is, this is why over the years, and I know this is controversial, I've come to really be at odds with the positivity movement. Mm. You know, the, I'm going to inflate myself by false positivity to, to, to shift myself away from where I'm truly at. It's bullshit and it's rife throughout the community. We see the motivational gurus. Yes, it's great to self-talk yourself in moments where you need to, but it's just not a sustained form of evolution. The key is to go deeper and to actually start to be comfortable when you are in the storm. Not trying to... <laughs> Don't fight the storm. Stand in. No. Correct. Correct. Not talk myself up. Because see, the positivity movement, what it does is it, people see popular people with positive messages and it makes them feel worse because they're like, why can't I do that? Why can't I be like that? That person may just be showing a two minute side of themselves through a video where they're pontificating and crying in their blanket for the rest of the day. We don't know. 
but it, it, it polarizes people and people, we as, as a society, we as individuals need to learn to actually be in the storm and embrace it and understand it's not going to kill us. We have to meet ourselves where we're at. That's for me, that that's, that's the game. You know what it is. And that's why I wrote the crazy unicorn story. Which I love. Thank you. Because I listened to Oprah interview a Buddhist nun about 18 months ago. Do you know what the book is that she wrote? It was called Welcome the Unwelcome. Mm. And it was my, and I love uh, Eckhart Tolle as well, by the way. Um, to your point, RJ, that's why we're talking about these human stories. We want to encourage everybody out there that your story isn't something that has to hang around you like a bad smell, but it's not also something that you hide away in the cupboard. It's something that is a gift that you've been given to embrace and stand next to you, recognizing to yourself that it was the best decisions you made at that time in your life that probably wasn't perfect, but at the time it was what you did and it's okay. Who you are today, that's your choice. RJ, how you show up today, that's your choice. Are you going to be perfect? Shit, no. How many people are you going to judge today? Maybe 100. We talk no judgment. It happens because we're uncomfortable. As soon as we're uncomfortable, it becomes somebody else's problem. Um, okay, so why don't we do this? We've almost run out of time, and you and I are going to talk again because I bloody love it. Uh, maybe we'll start a philosophy group. Um, <clears throat> here's the thing. RJ, based on your story, three things you can leave our audience out there to encourage them to, with hope, to have courage to stand in their life? What are those three things? Yes. The first thing is that don't abandon yourself. Where you're at is where you're at. And, and, and the game is to, to get comfortable being in your own skin. You don't need to uh, seek comfort in, you know, a, a sense of false positivity or the inverse. Break yourself because you're not where or who you think you should be. So the first thing is to acknowledge yourself and appreciate yourself in the moment where you're at. Mm. Mm. Yeah. The, the 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 second thing for me personally, I found limited limited growth in my past. Mm. It was it was it was good to unpack it, but as you said, the past is a story that was written, and it's the past. It's just the natural order of how things play it out in your life. The solution you actually have it right here, right now connected to reality. And the third is face yourself, you know, start to face where you're at, dedicate yourself to growth in whatever way that means, whatever that means 
to you. I think if, if your primary purpose is the evolution of your mind, body, spirit, you will always be on the right path. And everyone around you that touches you, you will touch in the right way and you will leave this world a much better place than, than when you came into it. I love that. I'm so inspired and I feel like emotional because today this has been a beautiful start to my day, spending time with you. Mind you. Um, Mind you. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for your voice. Please step into that purpose of working with men. I think uh, I'll work on the woman, you work on the men. We'll be accepting as you guys be more connected. You know, I think it's a journey piece. Um, but I want to thank you for sharing your story and thank you for being in my life. Thanks, Tina. I appreciate it all. Um, for all our Give listeners. I'll give my grandbaby a cuddle for you. Uh, we'll bring the grandbaby on one of the shows. But here's what, yeah. I want, here's what I want to leave for everybody out there. This is a human story. Uh, it's important that we walk through our stories, like RJ said already, and we get to the other side. So we want to share this with you because there's hope and courage. Um, I'm going to put RJ's details in... Um, in the links so that if you want to reach out to him chat to him yep. or with him please do it rj is a mentor when it comes to addiction um he works uh with people that have addictions he also works with people in mental health he's an amazing coach and he's a beautiful human being and he's a papa of two beautiful babies and he's got a wonderful woman that walks next to him in his life um and he lives his life every day so I want to I want to I want to encourage you that we can really wrap ourselves into our world if we choose to show up for our world. No, just choose to show up. Just just live today. Live it. Uh, please reach out to us. Please connect with us. This human story was meant to inspire you today. Uh, we've got great love, and we want to share that with you. RJ, would you like to say bye to our audience? See you and take care and have a wonderful weekend and a great week and uh and i'm sure tina would agree be purposeful in everything you do be purposeful and choose to live your best self and if you if you're struggling it's okay reach out have people stand next to you that's why we're here um I'm going to I'm going to wrap up so thank you so much we'll we'll be in touch soon and everybody out there have a wonderful day bye thank you for joining us for ignite purpose with Christina and human stories season three if you'd like to get in touch with us please look us up on our website www.ignitepurpose.com.au if you want to reach out to christina please have a look on linkedin under christina foxwell facebook christina taliad foxwell um, and if you'd like to send us an email please do so on christina at ignitepurpose.com.au thank you so much for listening please press subscribe and we're looking forward to sharing our next episode of hope and courage in human stories with you